Okay, should we start? Yeah. What up, Kev? Hi, Monty. How are you? Good, man. Good. Yuri, what episode are we on now? Today, we are doing season two, episode 15 of Take Action Podcast. So this nice. is so- something very new, something we've been trying to do for a long time. And with this pandemic, it actually was our chance to move on to the next steps of our technological <laughs> advances and knowledges. So we are doing a Zoomcast podcast today with our guest, Kev. Mind you, we'll introduce him in just a few moments, but everything's working good so far. So we'll see how it works. And I'm especially excited to see how it's going to sound for our listeners where our new episode comes out next Monday. So we're still going to do our regular timeline for a podcast and we're going to go with the same scheme kind of as we normally do. So I will start with our traditional section, the Green Bay weather update. <laughs> so well, guess what? The weather is actually getting really nice this morning i stuck my head out outside it's already 50 degrees so i couldn't be any more excited my kids are locked inside for about two weeks i'm locked inside it was cold we are bored so i'm really looking for something new to do some yard work maybe for kids to ride by keep their social distancing even monty saw my neighbors were hanging out yesterday kind of social distancing smoking cigarettes like seven feet apart from each other like in a little <laughs> it was a- it was kind of weird to see. It was interesting because there was like six or seven women out there just all like six, seven feet apart. Like per, like everybody knows what six feet is now. Okay. So yes, um, weather is great, guys. I cannot wait to figure out something new, something new to do. How was your last few days, last week, Monty? I know I saw you two days ago from like yeah. no, six I mean, feet apart. But. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, you were in the vehicle with me, so we didn't social distance very well. But no, I mean, it's been a whirlwind the last few days. As I announced a couple of weeks ago, I ended uh, my career at NCSA as of uh, Tuesday. So I am now a full-time realtor, real estate investor. It was just something that needed to, needed to happen for me. I needed that flexibility and drive. And again, I, I owe NCSA, you know, so much for who I've become and who I am right now. And even part of this podcast is has a lot to do with NCSA and me teaching kids for the last 10 years. Really owe it to myself and all of everybody else around me, my friends, my family, Shannon, that I take that step now and try to try something new, see how far I can go, see how big I can get and, and how successful I can be. And, you know, I was really capped in, at NCSA for growth. And, you know, I reached the pinnacle early in my career there and sustained it for a long time. And there was nowhere for me to go. And so I, I needed to do something. And it's just not in my nature. And it was really two days after leaving there. A lot of times people feel regret. I'm two days out right now and I've slept pretty well. I haven't woken up and worried about oh, if I made the right decision or not. At this point, I feel very confident and comfortable in doing so. And I guess it helps when you're getting deals. I mean, yesterday I had a closing for myself on a flip house that I'm starting and that should be done in a couple of weeks. And Yuri, you saw the progress on that already. That, oh, yeah, crew, oh, yeah. that crew is killing it. They already got it all pretty much done and got an Airbnb in the process. I closed on another one that's just for a development. People are still buying and selling real estate in the area, including myself. It's been really good. feel really good about my future and what it takes. It's going to be consistency and hard work. And that's why I'm pumped about the, the guy that we have here today, Kevin Carp, owner, president, uh, eco development, more importantly, one of my best friends for a long time. We've been buddies for about 22 years. He's a mentor of mine. He's somebody that I need advice. I give him a call. And if I want to talk shit about the Packers, I give him a call. We jam out on that. If we've become armchair GMs uh, in the last few years as well. So Kevin Carp, welcome aboard. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you. 
you guys. Thanks, Andy and Yuri. Thanks for, for bringing me on. I, anytime you make a career change like that, there's always a little bit of uncomfortableness when you do that. But in my experience, when you're a little uncomfortable, sometimes professionally, you need it. Like you, you just get bored in your personality. When there's nothing else to create or conquer or build, you get bored. I've been bored in businesses before where I didn't know I needed to get out. But after the fact, I knew it was the right decision. So congratulations to you. Yeah, man, I was uh, I was going to give you a call, but I've been so busy just with, with the transition and I didn't expect it. My last one was, you know, just one of those things that's timing too. You have a whole bunch of closings the day after you leave. It just happened to be what it was. I'll hit you up later. We'll talk more about some other stuff too. But you and I have known each other for 22 years and obviously we know pretty much everything about each other at this point. When we first met, I mean, you were an athlete at UW Parkside. I was an athlete at UW Parkside. You're basketball. And, and then I talked to you into running track, which actually ended up you pulling a hamstring. <laughs> with with doing hurdles but uh, amazing athlete since then I mean you you've been very entrepreneurial more so than me you just seem to always have a bigger outlook and a, a bigger picture on what's out there what's available so how did you really get to that point like early on in life even in high school you had talked about starting your own businesses construction businesses so I mean you saw the value of hard work and the dollar right away how was that instilled into you or how did you get to that point well I would uh I would credit my mom honestly she had a lot to do with forming me so my parents were split up but my mom was really responsible for instilling work ethic, discipline, those types of things. Naturally, just from the way she raised me, she was the perfect mother. So God chose the perfect mother for me. And like you said, even early on, I, I had I had the benefit of having a great upbringing, a great family life, mom and dad, great, a lot of support, but I was always interested in business. And in business, I also had the same support. Yeah, I went out there and, and made it happen to the best of my ability. But man, there was a lot of great influences along the way. And one of my first influences was a real character he could have a reality tv show his name was buck Conley, and uh he's the first guy i ever worked for and i started when i was about in eighth grade and we started you know he really taught me a lot but he was just a local fix-it guy around town and we poured a lot of concrete and did a lot of roof jobs and built a lot of houses and cement walls and milking parlors and did a lot of roofing and uh, got me interested in business. And I saw the benefits of seeing that cash in your in your hand very early and I liked it. So that was one of the first influences I ever had was old Buck Conley <laughs> and, uh, in Fenimore, Wisconsin. And uh, Buck was a good man and, and uh, he helped a lot and he took me under his wing and that was a start. You know, by the time I was a sophomore in college, Buck had had a heart attack and I I started running a lot of his jobs and his crews. So he yeah, trusted I remember me. you doing that. And, um, you know, it was quickly able to see the ownership side of business and why it's important to, to be an owner to make that money. I mean, it's, I'm not begrudging anyone who works at all. Working is, is awesome, but I wanted to get to the ownership structure. Yeah. And so, you know, you got, got done, you played your college basketball career after college. How did you transition into that? Where did you first go? I had an internship at college with the small business development center in Racine County, Racine County, Wisconsin. And uh, there I had another mentor. His name was Corey Mason. And he used to be the, he was a big wig at Harley Davidson. He was the chief technical officer up there, but he was moving out of that role at that time into the small business development center role, which was kind of his retirement job. I mean, really. And I was lucky enough to get under his wing and we, you know, not only did we become workmates, we became great friends. And uh, even though he was 40 years older than me or 35 years older than me at the time, and um, he taught me an enormous amount about business and life. That internship parlayed into my first job, which is, was a very, very low paying job. Basically that, that um, 
organization created a role for me, which was a very low paying job, but I was a business consultant. I had little to no business experience, but I was a business consultant working for Racine County in Wisconsin. And um, that moved into one of the clients coming in and he had a, he had a multi-million dollar concept, which I enjoyed and I liked and him and I became friends and I quit my job and jumped on with him and, and we raised a bunch of investment dollars through a local guy and through an investment bank in Chicago. And um, although that venture didn't work out, I learned so much about it and got into the investment world at that point. That story's so long, it would take your entire podcast. <laughs> but to, to sum it up, the, the venture didn't work out, but I failed up and I got myself employed with an investment firm there called JPB Corp. And I worked that first and parlayed that into an investment into a company in Detroit in 2011 called Secure Check Cashing, which I eventually took over management of in 2006. And I ran that till 2011. It was a very yep. profitable, uh, good investment. You had brought up something really good there too, is, you know, you had mentioned it failed, but you learned and, and you failed forward. And I think, you know, Yuri's favorite, one of Yuri's favorite terms, Yuri, why don't, uh, why don't you tell Kevin what one of your favorite terms are? Oh, you betcha. Don't be afraid to suck at something. As long as, <laughs> as, long as you try, as long as you keep, keep trying, don't afraid to fall. And don't, yeah. don't I afraid think, to I suck I think that's tremendous advice. I'll, I'll let you talk to my kids because they <laughs> oh, think no, every I time. Time, right. Every time they start something, they think they should be good and I'm their their expectations are out of whack. But I love that advice. It is okay to fail, it is okay to try, it is okay to not know what you're doing and start something. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people would give you that advice, but my business, you know, one of the things I wrote down on my sheet here in prep for this was just start it. Yeah. Just start it. Yeah. I've been successful in business numerous times over the years by just starting. A lot of people can't start. Like once I start, if I know there's a germ of an idea, like it's a good concept that has an idea. What I'm really good at is I can build infrastructure. I can build businesses. I've done it a lot. I'm very comfortable with it. I understand it. I'm very process oriented. But if you don't just start, so you get the germ of a great concept, start. Because the day you start, no matter what you do in preparation, you are not going to know what you're doing. So just start yeah. and then reinvent it, reinvent it, reinvent it, improve it. Yeah. And I think one of my favorite things about that and, and what you said is no matter what happens, whether you, whether you start something and you fail or you actually start something and succeed, you're just learning a new skill. And I think that's something that's lost. Like everybody feels like, Hey, I don't like right now in the downtime when I have now, I've been learning Spanish because it's inevitable at some point down the road, I'm going to have to need to learn and know at least a little bit of Spanish. So I've been learning Spanish and taking that and you know what, I suck at it right now. It's not easy, but you know, it's, it's something I'm picking up. If you don't, to Kevin's point, if you don't start something, you will never learn anything. And therefore you will still be the same person that you were six months ago or a year ago. And you'll be that person that three years down the road regrets not starting something. And I think the biggest, the biggest concern for me in anything, and I know Gary V harps on this a lot in his podcast is, you know, regret is poison. And if you don't, don't take action for yourself and you don't take action for something you're willing to do or wanting to do. And it's all talk. At the end of the day, that's all it was, was just talk and regret. And that's something that I fear at this point is having regrets. And that's part of the reason why, you know, we started this podcast is for that reason. No, I was just finishing up Monty's phrase. I was just going to say, we say no regrets and podcast all the time. <laughs> I know it's, it's like our funny way of saying it, but no, no regrets. And, and it's very important. We all talk about, you're not going to be able to 
to succeed if you don't try. Even going back to Kevin's story, you said that you were roofing like at eighth grade, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 it's really hard work. Even looking at our kids nowadays, try to get somebody in seventh and eighth grade to go do roof. That's that's just a massive amount. It's physical work. I personally replay. I helped replace my own roof here at the house, and it was horrendous. So we did everything from start to finish. I was basically helping the guys out who knew who were doing so my house wouldn't get flooded. But it was tremendous amount of work. At the end of the day, they said, I'm like, oh, you did really good. You want a job? I'm like, oh, no, no, thank you. One roof <laughs> is in a lifetime is, was good for me. So you did this for many years and you managed basically the company after your owner had a heart attack. And then you went to college. You talk about college all the time. You actually one of our few guests who actually went to college or finished it actually doing what they were going to college for. So, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, yeah, it's interesting, but it's all very common in, in the field. You walk around and meet people and college, college is just kicking in a door, honestly. It might be checking a box or kicking in the door. I'm obviously supportive of education, but our current state of our, our colleges, I'm not sure how much value is being garnered at college. Agreed, anymore. agreed. And I was just thinking about that too. And with leaving NCSA, for me, it's harder. 10 years ago, I think that was, so you had to have a college education to, to get somewhere. And now you can learn every single, almost anything you want online. You can learn almost anything you want by meeting people. You don't like, obviously, if you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or a specialized trade that, but even at that, even your undergrad programs, you don't learn any of those skills until you get to post-grad into what actually applies to your degree. So four-year college is, is not for everybody and it shouldn't be for a majority. We should, we need to change our voice in this country to, if you're going to be a doctor, then be a doctor. If you're going to, if you, and that's something you really want to do, but don't put the pressure on kids to go to college. And just because that check, like you said, checks a box, that's a really freaking expensive box is what it is. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, all right. So Kev talked about how you failed forward. You went to secure check cashing. You were there for what, four or five years? Mm -hmm. Five years. Five years. And we won't go into that story. That is a, that is a long story, but even there you have, you tend to have a really, I mean, and this is something from just years and years of experience. Now you have a keen eye for what to look for business opportunities. That's always something that I, when I love talking to you is you're always, you kind of just have that natural sense now because you've, you've learned it, you've seen it, you've been doing it for 25, 30 years of your life now since you were young. But for anybody out there who's an entrepreneur looking for opportunities, what should they really be looking for? Well, right now, diversity. Um, thank God I'm diverse right now. Um, I feel totally blessed right now. I mean, we're in the midst of a global pandemic. This is going to be seriously tough economic times. Far, I mean, far beyond the scope of the healthcare crisis. The, the pandemic is going to come through in a couple of months, I would think most of it, it's going to hit real hard and then there'll be further cycles of this, but you know, that's not going to last forever. But the, but what we're doing now economically with shutting down businesses everywhere, this is going to have effects beyond years in, in my opinion. And unfortunately it's going to hit many people, especially in the service industry, extremely yeah. hard. Yeah. I'm very concerned of it. So to answer your question, Andy, diversity. So, I mean, I'm lucky that the business that I have eco development, we're a corporate sustainability company, but we're really beyond that. I mean, although big portions of 
of this company are shut down or essentially not making revenue right now. Thank God I still have Eco Logistics, which are my semis and my delivery trucks. They're still running. I still got my recycling operation, my warehouse processing operation that's still running. The global export market, which is a very large part of our business, is really tough right now because a lot of ports are shut down and ships just aren't moving. Yeah. So that business is down probably 70%, Ooh, but wow. that means I still have 30% of it. And right. I've still got some other odds and ends that we do recycling and uh, waste to energy, anaerobic digesting. All of those are still working because I'm servicing essentials. Well, my big customers are Kraft and Heinz and Pepsi and White Castle, major food producers. Right. So these people are still operating. So one, thank God I'm diverse. Thank God Eco is diverse. I've been able to retain all my employees and I'm trying to do that without adjusting their pay. And we'll see how long this goes. But I am trying to make the best decision I can, understanding that this company feeds a lot of families. Yeah. So I'm going to get through this period. I feel like my company's strong and I, I feel, you know, we run it conservatively. So we're not out blowing money everywhere. So we're in strong financials, but there's other companies that will not come on. Beyond that, in the midst of the global pandemic, it's kicking ass. I'm a partner in a veteran owned company called Equip where we have an MBE, Edge Certification. It's a veteran-owned business. It's a supplies company that's still operating because it's, it's simply just a sales company. I've got Eco Investments. Eco Investments is just my commercial real estate company. Me and my business partner, Ashley, operate. And um, we own a few commercial properties through that business. And then um, me and my wife have rental properties. So we're in we're in private real estate too for residential real estate. So I've, I'm lucky. I've got other incomes. All eggs aren't in one basket. I'm lucky to be diverse. So right now I'd say diversity is key because there are going to be entire segments of, of the economy that are going to be shut down for a while. Yeah. And I got a friend who owns a bar. He owns a lot of things around alcohol and fun and entertainment. And right now he's he's hurting. He's got a couple rental units too, but it's just enough barely to make ends meet. You know, he's really struggling and panicking right now. And it's only been, what, three weeks that we've been shut down around here. So imagine another three weeks and where people are going to be as well. Luckily, I'm essential. Yuri's on his way to becoming essential as well. We're close there, but it's a scary world. So right now, I mean, obviously for those out there. Diversity is a big thing for you. Uh, when looking for businesses, what what do you tip, like aside from the fact that we're dealing with a global ban pandemic, what do you typically look for as far as being diverse and what kind of opportunities are you looking for other than, hey, this thing is potential moneymaker? I mean, obviously it's it's the people, Andy. It's, it's the people. I've got to understand who's driving that business. I mean, every business that I'm going to get involved in, I don't have the bandwidth or capacity to take on operational roles, day-to-day -day responsibilities with the companies. So mm -hmm. I have got to trust. I have got to trust the ownership or the management of whatever that is that I'm going to be getting involved in. And that may be the toughest thing about getting involved in a new business that you're not starting yourself. Agreed. I mean, you've really got to bet. I mean, hell, I've been, there's some slick people out there, mm -hmm. you know, but you know, to, to kind of ask, answer your question about business in general, I don't know, get better every day, get wiser every day. Yuri said, try it, you know, try it. You, everything you try, you'll either learn from or you'll gain confidence from because you're like yeah. I did that and now the next time you're like I'm gonna do that again and I feel like I just like with every business success I get stronger and with every business failure and there's you know they're not all pearls I'd love to tell you that but they're not you right. will lose if you're in business you will lose and if anybody says different they're not being realistic yeah I mean that's you know when I did started the house flipping thing I think I'm on number seven now maybe eight uh, the first one I lost my ass I mean it, it was but and you're right there's a lot of slick people out there you have to find people you trust you know your network needs to be strong in those departments and 
through that failure, I mean, obviously I had a guy that I trusted for a long time and I still trust and would trust till, till I die to do the work. I knew him. I knew going in what I was going to get, but there's other people out there where you just need extra help. And the, the first guy that I hired took me for like 17 or 18 grand. He did a quarter of what he said he was going to do and, and left. I had a weird gut about the guy at first and I went against yeah. my gut and, <laughs> and I lost. And so, but through that, I gained three or four other people that I trusted just because they came and saved my ass from this guy. So they're now they're benefiting, they're getting work and that's going to continue to grow. And $18,000 is a lot of money, but in the grand scheme of things in business, oh, it's it's really not. That's a cheap education for me. It's a good lesson for me. And oh, now I have great people. I have a team of not only Yuri, who's doing a lot of the marketing things for me. I have probably eight to 15 people that I can call on on any given day and make things happen. Yeah, it's great, man. And that's a great lesson. I think the other thing too, that you probably agree on a ton is patience. Like people want that instant gratification right now. And now we're more than ever right now. I think you need to understand, like you have to be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. That's awesome. I mean, you said two things that one of them is, and I hadn't thought about it, but it may be the greatest business advice someone ever gave me. And it was actually the person I mentioned before, Corey Mason. He said, Kevin, he said, you have good instincts. He said, trust your instincts. And over the years, I can take that advice, look at all my successes because I'm trusting my instincts. All my failures, I saw the red flags. My instincts said, don't do it. And I did it anyway. I made yep. bad decisions. And if I, if you trust your instincts, I think that's great advice. Trust your instincts. The other things like I really wanted to mention today is the most successful people I've ever known or had the pleasure of doing business with or meeting with along the way or whatever have tremendous amounts of energy and positive energy. If this sounds so cliche, but if someone's dragging you down and they're not a positive force, get rid of them. There's no need. Yep. There's no yep. need. You don't need them. Manufacture the energy however you need to. I got to tell a really quick story. It's mind blowing. I was on a, a billionaire's plane one time because I was seeking investment from him. And we flew from Indianapolis to New York. His name is Michael Brownlee. He's a wealthy guy. He's in uh, sustainability and real estate and a number of other things. But we were there and he wore me out. <laughs> I was young. I was young in business. And we went, I don't know, four or five different meetings all throughout New York, New York City. Then we hop back on the plane, fly back to Indianapolis. And this guy, I mean, the amount of energy this man had was unbelievable. I was like, I'm exhausted. I need to sit on this plane seat and sleep. And this guy is just, I mean, he wants to talk for the entire two. I mean, never stopped. And it's just the, the acuity of thought and the, the energy is incredible. And I, I can apply that story to many other successful people I've met. They have tremendous amounts of energy and it's positive energy. I mean, let's not dwell on the bad. We know learn from the bad, but don't stay down there, man. Don't stay mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. Like you got to pop back. Yeah, for sure. And I don't even remember what your question, I don't even remember what your question was, Andy. I don't know. That was just like, uh, I was talking about patience. You know, that was the other thing was, you know, oh, you had kind of yeah. ran with the gut thing and then went into the story, which is awesome. But talking about the other thing is just being patient and consistent. That's important too. Yeah. A lot of people have good thoughts and, and they, they can't, they don't have the mental discipline to stick with it before it's making a million dollars. Right. There's no, there's no easy formula uh, successful in business. You need discipline, you need energy, you need sound concepts, good decision-making, and you do need time. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So obviously we wanted to get you on here so you could promote eco a little bit. So let's talk a little bit about eco development. And you know, this is one of the really cool things about what you've done is you've taken uh, obviously something very important. Recycling is huge and you've grown it. Tell our listeners a little bit about eco development. Cool. I'll hit you with the, the high level cliff note. Perfect. We, eco is a corporate sustainability company. That's what I tell 
people now. That changed many times over the years. I mean, we started out simply doing one thing, selling lighting. And then eventually that turned into LED lighting. But basically now I tell people, hey, what are you? We're a corporate sustainability company. We want to come in. We want to review your situation, see how we can help you be more efficient in your business practices or facility spend. We want to look at your waste stream. We want to provide recycling resources, whether we do the program or whether we customize a program for them. So we have three main business groups. We have the facilities group, which is all about energy spend in a facility. We have the commodities group, which is all about waste stream, post-industrial waste, recycling and commodities purchasing and trading. And then we've got Ecologistics, which Ecologistics is a technically a sister company, which just helps us facilitate those two other things. Instead of paying someone else, we've got our own fleet. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love when you send me pictures of your new trucks. You're always jacked up about them. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. So we're at the point of the, the call now, and I, I texted you this a little bit before we started. So this is where we flip it around to you, and you get to do a little Q&A on, on me and Yuri. So you know the rules. Q&A. Can't ask us how we met and can't ask us how we started the podcast, but everything else, open game, bro. How did you start the podcast? I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, just kidding. Yuri, I know a little bit about you. We've met, we've met before years ago, and uh, I liked you. I liked you the first time. I met you. It's but different now. Different he's, now. Oh, he's 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 total <laughs> jerk now. What do you do? What's your what's your career? What's your job? I currently work at a restaurant. I made a not tough, but I made a smart business decision for me. I graduated from UWGB here, University of Wisconsin of Green Bay in 2012, and shortly after that, we had my first baby. So she's about six years old now. We tried to figure out the most efficient way how we could work and do daycare or take care of a baby and I actually decided I'm gonna sacrifice a little bit I'm gonna keep working in the restaurant we never had daycare I work around my wife's schedule one of us is home with kids all the time to be honest this is the best time of my life I know I'm not making million dollars but I am so happy and I know for some people who who there they only want to make money I wanted to be happy I wanted to be happy and it was one in a lifetime opportunity for me to spend and five, six year at home with my kids, give them a little head start and most important, bounded common sense in, into their heads because a lot of kids are growing up now. There's lack of common sense. It's some things they didn't just teach at school. In the meantime, I work in a restaurant. My oldest one, Violet, she's about six years old. My youngest one is four. So she's going to be going into 4K this September. Hopefully we open up a country by then. And in the meantime, I'm in the process of getting my real estate salesman license. So me and Monty are going to jump on a team and do real estate. That is my goal for now. And like I yes. said, I had marketing degree before, but I, I wanted to spend those five, six years of my life doing something that I love the most. Hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yes, we got you. Yes, yeah, we okay. um, Yuri, that's awesome. Congratulations. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I could tell you the same thing. I wish I could freeze time. I love spending time with, I have three kids. I love spending time with them. And right now that's the only sports I can get is playing basketball in the driveway, which is, which is awesome. That's all we get. We hit the T-ball, we hit the T-ball or we shoot baskets. That's all we can do. My only sports are coming from when he, when Kevin takes the kids to the track and has them run or when they're playing basketball in the front yard as well. I'm usually getting videos from him or Michelle. So that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's my sports entertainment right now too. And I love uh, Yuri that you're popping into real estate. I love real estate. I think it's some of the best. I think it's some of the best 
best investing and time investment you can do. And I love it because it's see it, see it, touch it, feel it. Yep. And to me, that's something I can trust no matter what I have an asset. And there's some security in that type of, of investment. But I mean, you look at the market right now, which as an aside, eventually we're going to get this money back. I mean, I'm not worried about Wall Street. I'm worried about, I'm, worried, I'm worried about the regular people. I don't know. I love getting into real estate. Andy. Yes, sir. Andy. By the way, uh, yeah. Kevin knows me so long. He knows my real name. Monty. Sorry, Monty. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. That's normal. That's normal conversation between you and I. You're one of the few elites that still get to call me Andy. I'll call you other names too. Yeah. <laughs> we just won't use those out here. Yeah. The, um, all right. What do you got for me? Well, I mean, you've been coming up in real estate. Yeah. I, I dabble. I've got, we, me and my wife have five rental houses. Yep. Uh, your formula is different than mine. Can you just tell me your formula? I'd like to hear your formula. Like I'm a renter. I want to maintain yeah. long time assets and build that. I'm, I'm working in kind of higher end properties where I'm not lower, but what, what's your, what's your recipe in real estate? I mean, Share with me. My recipe in real estate right now is, you know, and this is kind of like, <laughs> it's a little bit related to when the Packers hired Brian Gutekunst and he said he wanted to be involved in every transaction, every possible free agent, every, he wanted to be included in every deal. Right now, that's my philosophy. I've learned so much right now over the last two years. And again, going back to what you said earlier about being scared, I'm not scared anymore. I've tried and I've failed in certain things, but it wasn't that bad. I've been successful in certain things. I've had renters in, in certain areas that weren't good. My thing right now is just to keep learning. And my formula is keep trying right now until I have it figured out which niche I'm going to be in. I agree with you. I think the buy and holds are long-term the way that I need to go. Right now that for me to build up my cash, I need the flips to be able to go and do some of those. I'm getting properties right now, anywhere from six to 70% of after repair values. You know, I'm sticking probably 10 to 15%, 20% into them. And I still get pulling out about 10, 10 to 20% on each property, depending on, uh, depending on it. The one that I just got that I closed on yesterday, I got for about 120,000. I'll stick about 20 into it and I'll sell for about 185, somewhere in the 35 to 45,000 profit range on that one. But again, it's all about work and, and setting things up. Now, how, how much time will that take you as far as management to, so take that one example where you got a hundred twenty thousand dollar property, putting twenty in, and sell it for one eighty. Mm-hmm. What's your time commitment on uh, that? It depends on my crew. This crew that I have going right now, the flip will be done in about three weeks and I'll have it listed. It's in a great area. I wouldn't imagine it would take me more than a couple of days to sell it for the right price. And so I'm talking probably 60 days. Most of my flips have been going in the six month range. But again, a lot of that's learning and overcoming hurdles. And then after that, you know, we're right right there. So everyone's going to be a little bit different. The higher the price, the longer you tend to hold and because you have less buyer's market. Yeah, it just depends on, on the property. All right, I got a couple more questions. What's your fastest 100 meter time? Fastest 100 meter time, uh, Madison, Twilight, 1999 or 2000, 1057. What about your 200 time? 200 time, 21.8. Can you do five pull-ups right now? I can do four. If you went out to the track right now and ran a 400 meter, what does the clock say? You know, I thought about that. Right uh, now, right now. Right now, if I were just right run now. outside, go to a track and do it, yeah. man, I would hope I could be, I hope I could be sub 60. I would hope I could be sub 60. You're sub 60? You're still, I would say, you're still flying. I would say 58 would probably be my time right now. Back in the day, I think I was like in the low 49s, upper 48s was my PR in college. So I'm 10 seconds slower on a quarter mile. Easily, easily 10 seconds slower. Hey, did you dunk at 40? Uh, Yeah. I thought you did. I thought you did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Every five years you you do the dunk challenge. If you can run a sub 60, 
if you can run a sub 60 and put it on tape and send it to me, I'll take <laughs> you out for a super nice steak dinner next time I see you. All right. I need to find a track and I need to get, I need to start running a little bit. <laughs> a challenge accepted. I, I would film it. <laughs> I would film it and time it. <laughs> oh man, now I'm getting nervous. It's been, what is it? 18 years since the last time I ran a quarter mile, like sprinted a quarter mile. I still play football a little well, bit. I, I think, you know, the funny thing is, is like my kids are running track and sometimes I'll stay for the practice. And this is either last year or two years ago. I said, well, I'm going to bring my shoes. I'm going to run. And I was timing my 400s. And I mean, they were about 75 seconds and I was huffing and puffing. I mean, and that's, it's so pathetic, but that's what it was. I was running 800s at a time and my laps were like 115, 117. Yeah, but if you're I running like, 800s, oh, that's oh, not gosh, terrible. Terrible. Eight, running 800 at what, 230, 240? That's not bad, yeah. man. You could still compete in JV meets in high school. <laughs> Thanks. JV athlete at 40. <laughs> oh, you know, you better run than no run. So that's something. <laughs> yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, awesome stuff. Well, guys, we're going to wrap up here. Kevin, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for jumping on today. It's awesome. Glad to hear your story. You, you brought so much value to our call today. And man, I mean, the sky's the limit for you. Just keep growing, keep being you. And I love you, man. Love you guys too. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I love your podcast. I love the, I love it. Take action. Awesome. Very simple. We should just do a podcast one day, Yuri, where it's like three minutes long and we just go take action. Take, take action. action retrain your brain yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah kevin had an amazing story and hopefully it's gonna be a good lesson for our guests for our fans for our listeners that you never stop even if you fail figure something new you review your systems and you keep going at it especially with these hard times for small business owners this is your time for you to shine guys this is time to rethink your strategy this is your time to look at the system was in place before and try to do something new see a lot of businesses here in green bay hurting but a lot of businesses are actually finding new innovative when how to advertise their services my restaurant for example they start doing to go orders for the restaurant curbside pickups you can get alcohol you can get family sized dishes you get a bottle of wine with a certain purchase Monty's gym for example the owner does online video trainings now because all of the haircut salons gyms are closed but body central they do their workouts via video so heads up to all of those guys who don't give up who have no regards and keep trying guys we're here for you in the meantime maybe somebody would learn something from this lesson and kevin was wonderful to have you on today i learned a lot of things and i got actually really googly eyes when you were talking about led lights we can like i can talk about led lights all day long probably yeah yuri had a little small business where he was doing glass on headlights he was doing led headlight transformations and cleanings and things like that i know a lot about them i, I like it it's sound man get the led Awesome. Idea. Well, Kev, give me, give me a call here uh, soon. We got to talk draft pretty quick and we'll jam on that on the phone because we got to wrap up here. I got to get rolling. Thanks again for coming on. Yuri, awesome job today and getting this thing set up and, and getting everything prepared. And this thing will be out on Monday. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Yuri. Thanks, thanks, Monty. Okay. Yeah, you bet, guys. Yuri, you want to Shakira us out? Yeah, for sure. I just wanted to say in the meantime, we are always on the Facebook, guys. Uh, it's Take Action Podcast MY. Same name on Instagram, Take Action Podcast MY. We are Twitter, Take Action 
Education Pod. We're also on LinkedIn. It's our professional page. We are on YouTube. If you guys have time, check out my silly video I made up <laughs> yesterday for April's. Oh, man. That video day. is awesome. I thought my classroll was pretty good around Christmas, but man, this one, uh, this one's a winner. Yeah, that was pretty hilarious. I was actually debating for a few days whether I should do it or not because that's <laughs> no regrets baby it's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> silly but yes guys look us up open that magic google or google a window type 10 take action podcast with mindset and you you'll find us right away i want to give a little shout out to zoom today as we were doing this interview they sent me a message saying that you got the gift that you guys can go over 40 minutes so we are at 46 minutes now so that that was pretty nice and thank you for joining us kevin i learned a thing or two maybe you can tell our listeners one more time where they can find you and i wish you luck with all of your business and all of your hard work sure well, you can find eco at eco-ems.com and uh we're we're a nationwide company so it doesn't matter where you call from we have business in almost all 50 states awesome so, cool thanks okay. again bro all right we'll catch you guys later boom and <laughs> that was not your best one today man no <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Until next time.